It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you for joining me. This week we had Earth Day, and I'm not going to talk a lot about Earth Day because there was much written about it, but it certainly every year becomes a bigger a bigger media event, and I think that's great that we draw attention to things that we can do to make our planet a better place to live. Uh and hopefully our quality of life can continue to be improved. What I want to talk about today is some of the things that might come out of an increased interest in our environment. And before I do, I want to just make note of the very successful event that the Illinois Conservation Foundation had this past week in its Hall of Fame virtual online dinner, and it goes to show that as the world changes, if we're willing to adapt, we can still do the kind of things that uh, brought us together, but we can do it virtually. The Illinois Conservation Foundation raised over $100,000, which is more than twice their goal from their annual, although it wasn't held last year, Hall of Fame event. So whether it's the Illinois Conservation Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, Rough Grouse Society, whoever it might be, there are ways for conservation to continue to be a success online and create events that are interesting to people. And I think we're only going to see more and more of this, and we're going to see hybrid events in the future where you'll be able to go in person if you want, and you'll be able to participate from the comfort of your living room and watch parties, etc. If you want to do that. So I actually think one of the things that COVID has done, which we've all talked about, is the advances in technology, but particularly in the case where organizations are now able to continue to bring people together for good causes, just not in the same room. But in this case, with the Illinois Illinois Conservation Foundation over Zoom. But they had a great event, and it's 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 wonderful to see that that happened. It's, a, it's a, Illinois Conservation Foundation is has over time done really really good things for the state of Illinois. It was founded a number of years ago, and Brent Manning was the director of the Department of Natural Resources, and Jim Edgar was the governor of Illinois. And uh, since then, it's raised several million dollars for making Illinois a better place. Speaking of making Illinois and the country a better place, you can't pick up anything to read or listen to without hearing about infrastructure and what's the definition of infrastructure and are we going to have an infrastructure bill that's in the trillions of dollars. Um, So I thought I'd just take a moment to talk with you this morning about what this could mean for the betterment of our country. And you've you've read a lot and heard a lot about, oh, we're going to go to electric cars and windmills and all these things with an infrastructure bill, and we're going to be building uh, recharging stations all over the country, and all of this around the subject of climate change. I don't want to talk about climate change this morning. There's plenty of of talk about climate change or pros and cons, 
What I'd like to talk about is real infrastructure and how we can actually have things pay for themselves because of the benefits they'll provide. We face, as anyone living in the Mississippi alluvial plain, Mississippi River alluvial plain, the Illinois River, the Des Plaines River, the Fox River, the Wisconsin River, the Missouri River, the Arkansas River. I could go through every Ohio River, every river between the Appalachians and the Rockies knows. We face horrific flooding problems. I haven't seen anything discussed in infrastructure, how we can work to reduce the societal cost of annual flood events and how we can create tremendous habitat as a result of sequestering water in, in wetlands, of building retention ponds, of, of having lands that always flooded be taken out of cropland where it's generally not a great bet that every year you're going to get a crop, you might get one half the time, and have those be used as wetland storage all of which become carbon sinks, which help take nitrogen out of the water, which, as we've all talked about, is one of the leading causes of pollution in our waterways and led to the hypoxic zone, which is a great big dead zone that keeps growing off in the Gulf of Mexico. So infrastructure, if we really are serious about doing things that, that make our world a better place, we could start with having an infrastructure bill that includes all kinds of ways to reduce flooding, sequester carbon, take nitrogen out of the water, and it doesn't cost trillions of dollars, but it would save, it would save an enormous amount of money annually if we could lessen urban and agricultural flooding. The amount of money that is paid on an annual basis for federal crop insurance alone is staggering. It's billions of dollars for federal crop insurance to pay agricultural producers who are growing crops in floodplains that become flooded, and they're becoming flooded far more often. I personally am very familiar with the Kaskaskia River Valley of central Illinois. The Kaskaskia happens to be the longest flowing river in the state of Illinois. Flooding 30 years ago occurred, but rarely. Flooding today is almost an annual, in fact, it is an annual event. The only question is, is will it be an annual event during growing season? And over the past 20 years, 14 times the lands between Lake Shelbyville and Lake Carlisle have been flooded during the growing season. That's, that's 60%. Over 60% of the time, crops have been impacted by flooding. We could take from this infrastructure bill and we could create areas that would be absolutely phenomenal wetland retention areas and get this farmland out of production. This is part of what the, what the Wetland Reserve Program was supposed to do, but on a tiny, tiny scale. And we could do this in the Illinois River Valley. We could do it in every single river valley in the Midwest from willing landowners who would much rather be paid or have their property become doing good things for the environment if it was financially feasible instead of just receiving federal crop insurance payments every year. And the cost to society would be far less. So I, I sincerely hope that as we talk about infrastructure and we talk about roads and we talk about bridges and we talk about things that I guess have absolutely nothing to do with infrastructure, um, 
In fact, if you went to the definition in Webster's of infrastructure, it'd be, it wouldn't look a lot like what's being talked about for infrastructure here, but that we look at it from the point of view of infrastructure moving earth, creating retention areas, creating lakes, taking areas that are in floodplains and making them so that they can accept floodwaters. That is real infrastructure. Tiling. There are, nobody knows the number of miles of tiles in the Midwest. It's in the it's probably in the millions of miles of tiles that are underground. I call it our underground rivers, which have been put in. First, it was it was wood tiles, then it was clay tiles. Now it's plastic pipe that drains all this water off all the farmlands so that we can farm. The Great Cascade, the Great Kankakee Marsh was arguably the largest inland marsh, uh, maybe in America. At one point in time, we really don't know. Of course, it's it's 99.9999% gone, but the water that was in that marsh is not gone. It still occurs on an annual basis. It just goes into a tile and goes into a roadside ditch, which goes into a tile, which goes into the Illinois or the Des Plaines or the Kankakee River. If we could take these tiles and figure out a way through infrastructure, which we can do, to slow the water flow down so that we had areas where the water could gather before it went in our rivers, we, we could virtually eliminate flooding. That, to me, would be an incredible benefit. And I hope those of you listening today will, will work towards having those people who apparently are consumed with spending all this money to recognize there's a lot we can do for our environment, environment that has nothing to do with electric charging stations for cars and, and, wind, and windmills for for creating energy and wind farms. We can do things physically, infrastructure, to restore our landscape. Waterfowl will benefit, all kinds of wildlife benefit, our environmental benefit. Let's hope that we can find some way to do this. Otherwise, we're missing an incredible opportunity to do something. I'll be back in just a moment with more on the great outdoors. And when I do, I'm going to talk about a change in leadership at the National Audubon Society. And I'm also going to talk briefly about what things might look like this summer. And if I have a moment left, I'm going to read a short story about a rather incredible individual. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert. Sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are. Communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology. Tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio and 
hope you're enjoying the show and also a bit of the conversation we had about what we could do with a truly infrastructure bill that also addressed conservation needs. And one of the things that I didn't mention, which we'll come back to next week, is what about a civilian conservation corps again to help with infrastructure, rebuilding our state parks, our national wildlife refuges, our national parks, et cetera. We'll talk more about that next week. The National Audubon Society announced this week that their longtime CEO, David Yarnold, will be stepping down. Uh, he's been credited with having the organization grow enormously in his 11-year career. Uh, it's reported that when he became CEO, Audubon had about 350 members, supporters. Today it has over 2 million. That's a, that's a big jump. Audubon uh, is arguably as well a known brand as there is in conservation, not only in America, but really the world because of John James Audubon. Uh, it's a tremendous organization, and it, it has been for a long time at the lead in much more than bird conservation. It's, it's at the lead in land conservation, and the Audubon Society has also been at the absolute center of the North American Wetlands Conservation Act program. It and Ducks Unlimited are partnering with the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation on this historic IMAX movie, Wings Over Water, which will be coming out in the next year. So Audubon is in, is in a period where leadership change made sense. They've grown enormously, and we hope that the next leader of Audubon will continue to share the full scope of outdoor values that Audubon's become the known for. And what may surprise a lot of people is Audubon has been, through its time, staunchly supportive of hunting. Audubon is a birders group. People who love birds is what called it to, to its cause. But it is supported by a wide range of sportsmen and women in America who love to hunt and love the outdoors. And as was the case of Ducks Unlimited and so many other organizations, Audubon and Ducks Unlimited certainly being the largest, they are supported by people who participate in the outdoors, who want to see lands managed, who want to see populations thrive, partially because they participate and they partake in being a part of that beauty of nature. And the Audubon Society in, in recent years has really been an advocate for, for a lot of things that people might be surprised by. Uh, they're an advocate for trapping. They, they recognize that, that, that bird species, when they become historically low, need help. And oftentimes, it's the predator community that makes it so difficult for, for Audubon to, uh, excuse me, for, for, for predators to be able to not overwhelm bird populations. And, and if it's on the East Coast and eiders, uh, they're one of the leaders there in trying to reduce the amount of predation in eider nests. Audubon has a broad reach. The next CEO of Audubon will be a very important person in the conservation movement. And we look forward, I look forward personally, as I have with every CEO of Audubon that I've known over the last 30 years, to working with them and to continuing to see Audubon be a great part of the North American Wetlands Conservation Act and also a continuing advocate for, for great land management. I thought I would read a brief tale in a moment uh, 
But before I do, I just want to say that uh, it looks as though this summer is going to be a really busy time in the outdoors. And when I say a really busy time, if you haven't made your reservations already for going camping at a public campground, or if you haven't made your reservations to go fishing at a, at a, with an outfitter or at a resort or a lodge, you're going to find, you're going to be very hard pressed to do so. Across America, I would offer that this summer will be the busiest summer we have ever seen. And, and a lot of individuals will say, what about last summer when everything went crazy? This summer is likely to be even more so with so many of us having been vaccinated, feeling that we can travel which we couldn't do last summer. And, and so many companies are offering that the thing to do is to come back full force after Labor Day, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, lots of cities. So we could be in a situation where this summer blows away uh, outdoor usage in a manner that we, we have never seen before. And, and I think that the individuals I'm talking to are predicting that that's exactly what's going to happen. So let me read you a quick story. We will then call it a day in the great outdoor show. It happens every Friday evening, almost without fail. When the sun resembled a giant orange and startling and starts to dip into the blue ocean, old Ed came strolling along the beach to his favorite pier. Clutched in his bony hand was a bucket of shrimp. Ed walks out to the end of the pier where it seems he is almost the world to himself. And in the glow of the sun, with a few joggers on the beach, Ed feeds the birds with shrimp. And here come seagulls. And they come by the hundreds. And they're saying thank you to Ed. If you were sitting on this fishing pier with your fishing line in the water, Ed might seem like an old funny duck. My dad used to say to onlookers, he's just another old codger lost in his weird world feeding the seagulls. But this really isn't the case. Often people don't know about individuals. We come across individuals that we just know nothing about. But Eddie Rickenbacker is someone we should know something about. And I'll tell you next week the rest of the story. And I'm not stealing that line from Paul Harvey. Paul, that's all yours. But there is a great story here about an individual who gives something back and the reason he did. You'll hear more about it next week. Old Ed. This is Charlie Potter. Thanks for listening. Have a great week in the great outdoors.